This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. Of course, Stephen Day is over on Zoom. How are you, Stephen? As good as I can be. What about you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, it's a rare, rare midweek that we actually get off from playing games. So, yeah, it's been nice to actually catch up with things. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Although I much would have, uh, would have much preferred to have uh, watched the game last night, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to keep this run going, but I guess it sort of helps the players out by having that extra sort of recovery time. And this is what we've got coming up today. We speak over the 3-0 defeat at Norwich City and we talk about this valuable free midweek and we also look ahead to summer, discuss what we expect and what we would like to happen. We then look ahead to the free polls from this week and then we end it by looking at Swansea on Saturday. And I know you didn't get to see the game, Stephen, on Saturday, but you've seen the highlights now. So I'll try and sum up what the sort of general feeling was during and sort of just after the game. And we started really well. Collins had a brilliant opportunity. Yeah, I saw, I saw that opportunity shared on Twitter and I was thinking, oh, look, we've got, we got a chance to win this game. And then it's crumbled. That's it. And then, yeah, yeah, from then on, Norwich looked brilliant, but didn't mean that we we sort of dropped off like we usually do away from home. They're by far the best team we've come across and we still sort of created chances. We had a lot of possession in their final third, but yeah, just that sort of end quality that they've got, the the likes of Buendia, Puki, who obviously opened the scoring, Todd Cantwell, who added the third. They're just a team that possess some brilliant footballers that are nowhere near championship standard They're, they are Premier League bound players yeah. and quite rightly so and yeah 3-0 was quite harsh I know you sort of seen the highlights there and said 
that it was lucky it wasn't a few more, but I think the highlights probably put it in their favour a little bit. Yeah, I, I believe they could have done. I know that people are saying we didn't really disgrace ourselves, um, but the way I saw those highlights, when we were defending, we just looked all over the place, really. So from, from obviously from what I've seen, it just it looked a little bit dodgy, but I'll uh, take everyone's word for the fact that we didn't actually disgrace ourselves. So I can't see it as too much of a negative, really. Just obviously don't like losing. Yeah, yeah, the the sort of the goals as well. We'll talk a little bit about them. The first one was Todd Campwell broke down the wing, caught the uh, cut the ball back. Sorry to Pookie, who took a brilliant touch, even though the ball was behind him, and just finished brilliantly. Just showed his quality from then. Not much we could have really done about that. But then the second one was very fortunate. I think Ben uh, Buendia it was who had the block shot. Drops straight into the path of Pookie, of course, who taps home a second. And then the third one was, to be fair, we were just speaking about it there, that Clark and Craney really should have done better. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like they got turned inside out by Campbell, but at the same time, like you, you'd expect them to, if there's two of them on a player, you'd expect at least one of them to close down and one of them to hold their position, where both of them sort of sold themselves short with it. And he's going to score if he's given the chance. Yeah, that after that game, it because we're seemingly, I, I keep coming to saying this, but clear from relegation, I know it's not mathematically safe yet, but because we've got that sizable gap, I guess, when we play well, it's not too disheartening. Yeah, exactly. And then going on to the, the Rotherham game, because that got called off, I think it was, it was quite late on Friday, wasn't it? So it would have obviously disrupted Nathan Jones' plans, but he got quite a lot of stick for Saturday for making the five changes. But in his defence, he thought that Rotherham game was on all week. So what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I think when when you're planning for fixtures as a manager, like you're going to take into account every fixture you've got in in a, in a week. So obviously you're going to think, oh, I'm playing, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You're going to have to prepare for it. So all preparations would have been for that. So I think he probably would have gone into the Norwich game thinking about what players he was going to be playing and what he was going to be resting. And I think there's no point in really changing it so late on. Uh, it, obviously sometimes changing stuff completely can, can go right. But if you've got a plan and what Jones usually does have is, you know, usually okay-ish. Obviously, you can't really, obviously at this moment in time, you should probably factor in that fixtures will get called off as and when, because it's so uncertain of who's going to be playing when, because obviously, you know, if you have positive cases, suddenly you got two, three weeks off. So, yeah, but I I don't think it's so much of a big deal, really. No, and it, I guess it just adds to an already hectic schedule. I mean, as, as much as it's nice to have an off week for the, the squad to recover, that just means we're probably, well, I think it's been set now to the to so May. Third or fourth of May, I think it was that I just saw. Um, let me double check. Fourth of May, Tuesday, fourth of May. That's not too bad. Like, that's right near the end of the season, and we shouldn't have been going through a very hectic schedule. Um. By, by then so it'll be nice to have a quite a, a nice run of consistent games 
midweek and weekend until the end of the season from then. That just means now that if, and I hope there isn't another case within another club or within the club, it just could get quite, well, beyond playable. Say if we get a case and we're out for two weeks, then when are we going to play those fixtures? It's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday for, for I don't know how long, but it would be quite yeah. quite damaging for us, really. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think there's a chance that... Um, I think I've seen um, rumours anyway that um, the uh, internationals, like the international break, might be cancelled. So you never know. Like there might be, you know, things just played in then if if it does get cancelled. Obviously, it's very unlikely. But all Premier League clubs are sort of saying we're not, we're you know, tempted to not send our players off. Championship clubs might do that as well. And think well, just spoken about us here, but. For Rotherham, they're in an even worse position than us. They're deep in a relegation fight. I think they've played two games less than us as well with, I think, will they have to miss an additional fixture after? Will they have to miss Saturday as well? I yeah, know. I think they've had quite a few cancelled now. So they've, they've put themselves in a worse position. But at the same time, if they go through those games and pick up points, they're going to be laughing about it, really. So we're in really good form. I, I think sort of four weeks ago now, they had won five of their last seven or something like that. And it looked like they were jumping out of that relegation zone. But yeah, just form completely goes out the window when games are so quickly one after one uh, uh, sort of after another. And yeah, exactly. It just, yeah, you just sort of fall into a cycle, really. If you lose one game, then it's very difficult to recover for the Tuesday and to to get out that losing habit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Then looking to, looking ahead to summer, Stephen, first things first, I think we need to look at those who are out of contract and going through it last night, there's a lot of names though. It's quite worrying really. We've got the likes of Bradley, Collins, Pearson, Pelly, Berry, Potts, Luar Luar, Sunnycliffe, Moncur and Hilton who all see their contracts expire next month. Can you see a strike in new deals with many of those? I think we'll probably see Bradley, Collo, Pearson and hopefully uh, uh, yeah, hopefully Pelly. Oh yeah, there's quite a few. There is a lot there. Um, I'm hoping most of them really, but I can I can sort of see Tanner Cliff, Moncur, Hilton, Noir, Noir and Potts moving on. Maybe Berry as well. But at the same time, like Barry's just what they want to try and get money for, same as Kelly yeah. and well, everyone really. But uh, I, I, I hope most of them do sign back on. And with that as well, you've got sort of play so many players there that were integral to where we are now, and it would be it would be very disappointing to lose the likes of Bradley, Collins, Pelly, Barry, even Potts as well to just going running out of contract rather than getting a sizable fee and giving them sort of a send-off that they deserve rather than letting them go on a free. Yeah. I think I think it it'll be sad to see them all go, but yeah. And I think Moncur as well. I think Moncur's one that I can't make my mind up. I think he can yeah. I think he's proved himself. I think he's done very well in the championship. Where, especially this season. I've, I've think he's been uh, one of our better players during the course of this season but 
again, like we've seen with a lot of players, I can see him sort of dropping down to top of League One, maybe a not even championship. I think, yeah, he might be destined for League One again. Yeah, I, I think with him, like, he, he's shown that he can do it, but it's consistency and, like, he's not getting a good run of games in, in the side. So I can't, I can't see us trying to keep him on. Like, it obviously wasn't a... Well, I was going to say, it obviously wasn't an Nathan Jones player, but I think he was, actually. Like, I remember they were looking at him before before Jones left. Him and um, Harford were, like, looking at him. So, I, I just don't think that he's got too much of a place inside anymore. I think he gets played because he's in the squad and, like, it, we can rotate with him, but could we get someone better? Probably. Then if we're looking at the amount of players that could leave, the amount of players that are out of contract at the end of the season, and then add to that Tom Ince, Dewsbury Hall, Nombe, Union O'Kane, who all return to their loan club, to their parent club, sorry, at the end of the season, we might need players like uh, like Monker, sorry, to just have the numbers, really. Yeah, but I think, as I said, Nathan Jones prepares, and I think he's not going to risk the fact that we'll risk um, the the goalkeeper situation again back in League Two. I, I think he's going to make sure that he's got players that he knows he wants to go in for. And I, I reckon him and the recruitment team are well prepared for the summer. Yeah, that's something we can trust now. And especially with the, the recruitment team now strengthening yeah. over the was it last month now, I think we added um, the two two new I don't know what roles they exactly had but I know I think it was a new new head head of uh, recruitment and uh new recruitment analyst analyst as well yeah yeah which again that will massively benefit us because well we've seen the likes of Barnsley we've seen the likes of uh, Norwich we've seen the likes of um there was another team as well that have been performing really well under sort of having that newly formed data analysis team. Yeah. It seems the way that football's going, really. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like American sport, like American football, and I'm all for it, really. Like, I can't see why uh, you wouldn't want to know what is working, what isn't working. Obviously, you can see it on a pitch, but like, if you've got the stats there, if you've got data there, then you can see what's going wrong. So I'm, I'm all for it. I love it. I'm glad we got one of the uh, probably one of the most respected data analysts in football at the moment. Obviously, that's Blades Analytics on Twitter. He uh, don't actually know his name, <laughs> but he um, Jason. I know that. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah. He's. I know that he's probably like. Well, I know that a lot of people were like praising us for like getting him into the uh, the club. So hopefully, there's a lot to come from that. And it gives clubs like that. Clubs like us with a comparatively small budget, an opportunity to compete and to find sort of those hidden gems that other championship clubs wouldn't gamble on because of maybe their reputation. Yeah, exactly. Like at a bio, I think maybe that wasn't so much to do with them, but obviously our recruitment team just picked him out of nowhere. Obviously not nowhere because it was only League Two. So, you know, we we love that league. We love the football league, but yeah. You know what I mean? With uh, you know, we hadn't heard of him really. No, no. And suddenly he's in our squad and is scoring goals, important goals, and 
it's you know typical typical Luton signing really and hopefully they can keep on doing that because obviously we haven't got budget to uh, go for for Premier League players that are out of contract or or good championship players that we need to buy we haven't got that power we need to find gems that are from the from lower down, lower down in the football league now we've spoken a lot there about sort of departures with the number of players out of contracts but where do you personally think we need to strengthen this this summer everywhere all across the board apart from probably goalkeeper maybe maybe we'll see Shea go and maybe get a younger uh, goalkeeper in a backup um, but I think all across the board we need to strengthen because obviously Elliot Lee, all the players that are on loan at the moment, bar Kyoso and maybe Isted, I I can probably see like leaving in the summer. Obviously, Shinny's gone. Even um, Osho. Oh yeah, Osho probably not. I think he's he's one of those. Maybe maybe with him like going into the squad next season, we might see Pearson or Bradley leave. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't been um, given the best reviews, Osho. I've been sort of keeping no. one eye on how he's been doing. And I know I know he's a young lad still, but I thought he was the closest player we had that we sent out on loan to first-team football. I thought he was pretty much there. And I was pretty I was surprised that we actually let him go on loan after his performance against Redden. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a weird one, but... We've spoken about that before, and I think it's just getting him a good amount of game time, really, and getting him hopefully ready for next season. But yeah, I think in defence we need to improve, like especially left back, in my opinion. Like that's that's our weakest, one of our weakest positions. Um, midfield as well, we need permanent players that are a good, like a good enough championship quality, not inconsistent and can kind of turn it on and off. Every now and again, like Barry, all, all the creative players we've got that like aren't like Jewsbury Hall. They're, it's kind of like a one week you, you might get a really good performance out of them and might get an assist or score. Next week, the game might completely pass them by. And then up top, we need someone to replace Hilton, really, and Elliot Lee. Wing on, and on the wings as well. Yeah, especially like we, with we need. Ince going back as well. He's, yeah, yeah, and then Monker maybe out out of contract. Yeah, wing is definitely a de- definitely somewhere where I think we should strengthen, and that sort of moves us on to. I did a feature during the week about four players that I thought that we should either try and sign or that I thought that we um, as a club might try to sign, and one of them was Carl Edwards who we were linked with before we signed Tom Ince on deadline day. And with Ince going back, is that something that you expect us to return to? Um, possibly. I think we, again, we might look at younger players or players that are more unknown from the Football League, like lower down in the Football League, sorry. Um, for, for these positions... Um, I'm unsure if Jones is the sort of player to go in for older out contract players. He's still only 23, though. He's still. Oh, I might got the wrong. I might be thinking of someone else then. <laughs> Carl Edwards is the one. He's at West Brom at the moment. 
Oh, Kyle Edwards. I thought it was Kyle. Sorry, I, I, yeah, I got the wrong person there. Yeah, <laughs> that, that could definitely be a thing then. Yeah, definitely. The the problem with him though was as I put down was that was his wages really. He's at a Premier League club, sort of on the fringe. I can see him dropping the Championship, but I just can't imagine us justifying sort of a fee for him because well justifying sorry his wages because I can imagine he'll be one of if not the highest earner if he joins Luton of course but at the same time like having you know hopefully going into our third season in the championship our wages are going to keep on growing so we can obviously justify spending more if we know that we've got a better chance of staying up obviously last season scraped it this season we're looking fairly solid we need to start building a team that can can challenge for the top half of the championship really so i think we could see it see us like hopefully spending more on wages rather than going for big transfer fees hopefully spending more on wages like to get someone like kyle edwards so obviously i know that jones said that it's someone that we were trying to sign in summer didn't work out didn't didn't work out in january either so hopefully it's something that we can revisit and it, we can get him in. And going back to what you said about a sort of a left back with you not deeming Potts sort of attacking enough to to sort of be within this Luton side. And I think that was highlighted. Good with- enough. <laughs> I just think he's, he's league one quality. He's not, he's, he's a sort of, the way I see it, I don't think he's the sort of player that's going to grow much more now. I think he's, his level is probably League One. And there's no disrespect to him. I, I I love him. I'm glad that he stayed with us for so long. But I think it's just injuries and inconsistency. I think we just... We need someone that's champ, better championship quality, really. Because I think Norrington Davies highlighted that we could we could potentially have someone there that can do yeah. a more attacking job. And that, that's the sort of the point I was trying to come on to. And one player that sort of I've seen that's out of contract that looks like he's going down with Sheffield Wednesday is Matt Penny. Uh, I hadn't really heard much about him. I'd never really seen him play until the game against Sheffield Wednesday. And he had a, he had a decent game. He looked uh, an attacking option. He looked someone that was more than capable defensively as well and didn't really have anything to do with our late onslaught it didn't really uh, he didn't really impact that but he's a player that they've used sort of in midfield positions quite a lot suggesting that if we did get him he's got that versatility and he's got that sort of forward thinking trait about him yeah I think that could be a good one as well um I, I just remembered that we've uh, even got Naismith uh, permanently so I can't see him going anywhere, but obviously I think he's obviously a sort of backup player. But anyway, back to Penny. I think it, it's something that could be a good shout because obviously he's got he's getting championship experience at the moment, and if he's out of contract, then it's it kind of seems like a an almost sort of like no brainer really to go for someone that's championship getting championship experience anyway that's quite young and could do a job. Just got to see whether it's staining or like we're, we're building on what we've already got rather than staying the same or going backwards and the, ne- the next one I put down was Scott Cashcat who 
24 years old, play, plays at Wickham, caused us trouble for so many years. And with him, well, Wickham are getting relegated. I don't think there's any any doubts about that. But he's proved this year, he's, he's done quite well, but he's not getting that game time at the moment because it seems that Wickham are more trying to out-battle teams now and survive that way than try and outplay that uh, teams with sort of their better sort of more technical players. So I think he's a player that he's, he's proved in the early part of the season that he can cut it at a championship level and 24 years of old, uh, years of age, sorry. He's definitely someone that we should be looking at. Yeah, possibly, but it seems to me that he, he wouldn't be the sort of player that we'd sign, really. I think, I think he's more of a, a player that would stay with Wickham or or go to, you know, Portsmouth maybe, or a, a higher up League One club, because I think there's not many in that Wickham squad, but I'd say even like really good League One quality, they just did something amazing last season. And obviously probably just having fun now, really, like trying to trying to get wins in, in the championship. Obviously they're not going to stay up now unless they pull off a miracle. But yeah, I think... I've never, I've never liked Kashka, so it could just be a bit of a personal bias, but I, I wouldn't want to see us go for someone like him because I don't know if that'd be growing on what we've got already. Yeah, and the the last person, uh, the last, not last player, sorry, someone actually suggested this in the comments to when I posted this was that we tried to sign, or supposedly tried to sign Fred Onyadimma, who's also from Wickham in January again yeah he's, he's he's a player that again like you say he's could potentially do it in the championship but at the same time you could see him sort of staying with Wickham yeah I think he's one of those ones that as you said he could do it and he's he's sort of caught the eye of a lot of people like consistently so I think he's he's got it there it's just a matter of can he grow to any better than what he is and will he grow better in a better team and not saying that we're in like a completely better team than Wickham but obviously stats don't lie and we're we're mid-table and they're bottom of the table and I think you know maybe maybe he'd be an even better player in a in a better squad and another player that has caused us a lot of problems in recent years is Millwall striker uh, Matt Smith again, another player that is out of contract this summer. Is that a a deal that you could see us striking? I kind of hope not, really, because I think he. Uh, I don't know. Again, is that is that going to be growing on what we've got already, or is that sort of going back? And I think his age is thirty one. I think one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw someone reply to the tweet of it um, earlier about, you know, from your article, um, that he's, what do they say now? I think forgotten. But yeah, I, th- I think they were just saying, like, it's just not really growing on what we've got. And we've uh, we've got Collins, we've got Adebayo. I think, really, we'd want to get someone that's not on high wages and older as well. We'd want to go for someone that's more in their prime, rather than an older player. 
Yeah, whilst I agree, I, I do agree with that and sort of sort of on reflection, yeah, it could be a player that turns out to be a bit of a nothing move. But sort of my reasoning behind it was that Adebayo could incre- improve massively over him. And I know Adebayo is set to be a brilliant player and he's got all the sort of the attributes, but learning off a player who's been consistently doing it in the championship for a while, even if it's a year-long deal, that could be really beneficial for Adebayo. Uh, it's just... I'm trying to put myself in Jones's mindset and I just don't think we're going to go for players like that. I think Jones wants to grow in every in every position. He doesn't he doesn't like to sign the sort of players that aren't, aren't going to grow too much anymore. Obviously, Naismith has come in to probably be a utility player. Probably. He has been a utility player. Um, but you sort of need that this season and you you need that in and out. And I don't think Matt Smith fits that bill. Like, if we're going to go for older players, we want to go for utility players, like even Craney. Like, he can go centre-back, right-back, hold in midfield. Um, but Matt Smith is just, he's just a striker. And, I mean, if he's guaranteed to score 10 goals next season, then obviously, why not? But it's not guaranteed. And he could score two goals and we could be paying him 15k a week and wasting wages on him. Yeah, and you mentioned Craney there, and that leads us nicely onto our three polls of the week. And the first one we put out was about Craney and whether we expected, well, whether we expected him to depart this season. And thirty-eight percent people put yes, with sixty-two percent who actually thought no. And I couldn't actually find out when his contract expires. I couldn't find it anywhere. Even when we signed him, it didn't say we signed him on a whatever year deal but I can't imagine we would have signed Craney as a 32 year old as he was then on a three-year deal I couldn't imagine that but at the same time it was Graham Jones in charge so anything could have really happened yeah I reckon it probably would have, I'm with you on that as probably a two-year deal um but I I kind of agree with the poll like I think he's he's as I said he's a utility player and i I can't see us wanting to lose that. Obviously, his age isn't desirable, but at the same time, you've got to think like he's got a lot of experience. He's 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 sort of like had he come to us earlier, he he might have had a similar sort of status that Sheehan would have had, like an older player that's there for the squad and there for morale and and experience rather than being in the squad week week in week out and I think he's useful in that sense and just in the sense that if you need him he's going to be put in, he can be put into the squad and I yeah. think with him being able to go holding midfield centre back right back even left back if he really had to I think it's it's a it seemed a bit silly to let him go if he's not on too much high wages and I think if we would have him like remain it'd be a one-year deal and then he'd probably look at retiring the season after yeah because I was, I was about to say really that he's he's proven that he's one of the most versatile players in the squad he can play anywhere across the back line he can play in the midfield and when we do have a depleted squad like we have in recent weeks that has been quite handy for us and it would well, it proved vital last season when Potts got injured at the end of at the end of the campaign. He slotted in at left back, 
had some brilliant games and played a massive part really in our in our survival. Yeah, I think as I said, like, I think we'd be a bit naive or silly to let him go. But at the same time, if if someone comes in League One and says, you know, you're going to get more game time, then I don't think we're standing in his way. But that's the thing. I, don't, I can't see many people probably coming in for him now. And he's given us two years of service. And I think, why not give him another year if, he's, if he plans on retiring next year? Um, why not give him another year and give him some game time for the end of his career? And then the second poll we looked at was about the impact of Jordan Clark, who obviously came in during the summer, and Cal Naismith, who came in at January, and wanted to know really who uh, Luton fans thought that had been more impressive in recent games. And 62% opted for Clark, with 38% going for Naismith. And I've been impressed by both lately. They've both had both had to adapt to different roles. They've both been sort of near enough man of the match in, in recent games as well. So I think both have uh, proved to be really good additions. Yeah. And I loved the way Clark looked against Forrest, against Sheffield Wednesday. He he really looked like a brilliant player. Like you sort of player that just, you know, doesn't stop running, you know, He's a little player just going for anything. And he's he's sort of been turning players quite easily as well. And he's he's adapted well to life in the championship. And I I'm I'm loving him really. But at the same time, testament to Naismith, like he's gone into centre back when when we've uh, needed him and he's he's not done too badly. So at the same time, like he's had a probably as good of an impact, but just in a different position and you don't sort of see it too often because obviously if he makes a mistake but it doesn't lead to a goal you sort of forget about it but like at the same time like you kind of forget how useful he's been there as well his his tackles I remember I think it was a tackle against uh, Nottingham Forest he got in the way of a few shots and he made like a, a few good tackles like you know when they were near our box and I was just thinking like he's he's doing really well for someone that's supposed to be you know, primarily on the left-hand side of the uh, of the team to go in centre back, and he's, I think he's done pretty well. But I can't like I can't argue with a poll either. Like Clark's looked really good recently, and his goals as well have been really important. Yeah, and to score against Chelsea as well is brilliant. Because with Naismith as well, he's he's a composed figure at the back in possession. He's as good as. Well, I'd probably say as good as Bradley on the ball and got the odd little mistake in him again, like Bradley, but overall it, he's, he sort of brings the ball forward well as well. And I, I prefer him as sort of a left-sided player as a back three. I think that's yeah. where his best position is and having sort of the, the support of the other two centre-backs, if he is this best mm. or if he does give the ball away quite cheaply, but yeah, I think this poll just highlights how good Clark has been recently and quite a bold statement, but I think he's one of the, one of the most technically gifted players we've seen in the Luton shirt in recent years. I think he's right up there. I would agree that it's very bold. <laughs> I, I don't think I could say he's probably one of the better players, like technical players, but he 
he reads the game well and he's just he just doesn't stop running really doesn't stop running and like he's just he's not afraid i think that's the main thing he's probably got a little bit of a, <laughs> might have a little bit of little man syndrome but yeah he, uh, he's just not afraid really i think sometimes his defensive work isn't the best but he's not a an out and out right back or right wing back really he's more of an attacking player he he created I think the most amount of chances in League One last season. So you can't expect too much of him going back. But at the same time, he, he's just not afraid. So, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I, I, I say that because I just think he's got such quick feet. I think that the, the ability he's got to sort of turn players, cut back and, well, then he, he makes some players look silly. And it's just... I don't know where it's coming from. And he just drops the shoulder and he's so sharp and travels well with the ball. He's not the quickest player in the world, but acceleration-wise, he can sort of get away from players, but he doesn't really sustain that for very long. But I just think, yeah, again, it might be quite bold and I'll probably get a lot of people disagreeing with me, but I just love watching him on the ball and I just don't know what's coming next, really. Yeah, exactly. And obviously I said, like, I, I agree it's bold, but I can't say that you're wrong either. So, yeah. We'll just go with, yeah, that I'm talking bollocks as per usual, but <laughs> yeah. asleep, but we'll go. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Um, and then the last poll, last poll of the week was about the Premier League relegation race and bottom two has pretty much already been decided with West Brom and Sheffield United sort of quite a quite a long way behind already and Fulham's yeah. recent form has resulted in it actually becoming quite interesting with I think they're on the same points now as Brighton with Newcastle just a point ahead yeah so I've got, I've got the table up here oh yeah Fulham in 18th on 26 points Brighton in 17th on 26 points Newcastle in 16th with 27 points and then Burnley above with 30 points and West Brom below them with 18 points. Yeah, I don't... But yeah, it's it's very tight and I think if if West Brom could pull off like a Sunderland-type escape, they could do it, but... Or a Luton-type of escape from last year. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We'll call it, we'll call it that. More, more thinking of a Premier League, but yeah, exactly. A Luton-type escape. They could do it, but at the same time, it's a, it's a tough league and they've not shown the quality yet to to push on. And they've not even... Uh, Sheffield, Sheffield United have won more games than them, so obviously they're below them. But, I mean, with a poll, anyway, I, I can sort of see why people are saying because Newcastle aren't playing good football and they're just kind of grinding out little results here and there where they can, but no no real form. And obviously, as you said, Fulham have shown a bit of form recently. Brighton never look awful. It's just that I think it's just their ability to pick up points. They look a really um, good football inside Brighton every time I watch yeah. they They've competed with, with the best, really. They've made some of the top six look quite quite poor, really. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, for... for for days out purposes, I hope it's both Brighton and Newcastle because I'd love to go to an away game at Brighton. That'd be so good. And then Newcastle as well. 
can't really can't really be upset with that like going away to newcastle would be brilliant and it i mean it seems like it could be newcastle and sunderland that could be sunderland's form then they beat portsmouth well good a good way last night so yeah and then the other uh, the we had because the question was who would we like to see come down and 51% for Newcastle 26 with Brighton 16 for Fulham and other took 7% and going on current form Southampton could be the the sort of the team that people are thinking of when they've opted for other because they're just turns a pot really um, yeah Outside of that, I don't know, maybe Palace people are thinking could go down. But yeah, apart from that, I think that's the the only teams that are at risk. Burnley as well, I guess. But I don't think anybody really, apart from maybe me, because I'm up in the northwest, would like them to come down. That'd be a nice, yeah. nice sort of an hour maybe from me. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that one too badly. But yeah, yeah. you got I mean, Newcastle from that, surely. Newcastle's got yeah. And then Brighton I mean, as well. We haven't we haven't played at their new stadium, have we? we we've missed that, I think so. that period. So yeah, I think Brighton, Newcastle, it's got to be one of those two. Yeah. Um I, I was gonna say a lot. I, I mean, personally, I don't like Burnley at all. I've I've always hated them for some reason. Not hated them, but like disliked them. I say I hate a lot of teams, to be honest, but yeah, I, I dislike them a fair amount. So uh, I wouldn't be upset to see them come down. But then again, I, I wouldn't see us beating them either. We don't do well against those sorts of teams. And, you know, when you think about how we've struggled to pick up points against teams like Wickham and Millwall and all that. Teams like Wickham. It could be another big old strong bogey team. I just, I wouldn't enjoy what just play them because it'd just be, you, you'd know what's going to happen straight away. Like, yeah, and just moving on to, to Saturday's game because that involves a team that could go up to the Premier League in Swansea City. And um, obviously we're we're hosting their third in the league. They look the most likely team to, to clinch that second spot because of the fact they've got the game in hand on Watford. But I covered them last night against Blackburn. They were awful. They were... I, I, Honestly, don't know how they're even in the top half. And I know that's quite a bold statement because they beat us 2-0. They looked good in that game. But last night actually gave me a little bit of confidence. But as we know, supporting Luton, that's going to turn around and they're going to look like well beaters again on, on Saturday. Yeah, well, I wish they would have won last night because that would have meant Watford were back out of the uh, the top two. And say say Swansea did beat us, and they you know went above Watford. I don't think I could sit there and be like, oh well, I'm I'm so upset with this. But at the same time, I don't I don't want to lose. I always want to win games. Um, but yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping that they have another awful awful performance and we can capitalize on it. But as you said, it's never easy. Well, yeah, with you with that with Watford, they've still got to play each of the top three anyway. So they've got a very difficult running. Which yeah. so if we do beat Swansea, it's not not too bad because they Watford will still have to go to Norwich, still have to go to Brentford, still have to play Swansea as well. So yeah. On that front, 
it's not not too bad. But yeah, I'm I'm starting to worry about Watford's form. They've been yeah quite a lot of wins, and yeah, Brentford have are stumbling again. Which I'd I'd like to see Brentford in the Premier League. I think most most football fans want to see Brentford in the Premier League. Oh yeah. I think it would be brilliant to see them there because I, I I can't see any reason why they don't deserve it really. Like they've been they've been up there near and about like for years, and yeah, I've just uh, gone on to Watford's fixtures, and their last five games, like starting with us, like this is this is uh, I'm hoping that they obviously they mentioned that they uh, have um, got. They've got to play uh, three of the top five, or you know, three of the teams that are in the top half of the table. I mean, the last sorry, the last six games I got: Reading at home, us away, Norwich away, Millwall at home, Brentford away, Swansea at home. They've they've literally got to play all you know, arguably the toughest teams in the league. In their last six games, so I'm hoping when we play them, we uh we give a big old dent in their promotion push. Well, yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? If we sort of start the derailment of of Watford, but at the same time, if they do come through it, then then they they deserve promotion really to beat sort of the what's well, have the hardest running and get through it. You pretty much deserve to go up. As much yeah. as we don't want it to happen, they 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 never deserve anything. So, <laughs> uh, going back to to Swansea, um, Andre Ayew is always has has always been their biggest threat. Scored in his last three against him. Yeah, oh yeah, he's um, he's just a natural goal scorer. Really, he scored three in his last three, all coming from the penalty spot. So, I'm sure we'll give him another one, won't we? I really hope not. But he's hoping a player, yeah. isn't he? He's just what yeah. he can do with a ball and he, he makes... Seems, I think, was it last season, he was one of the players that was causing issues when we played them and beating 1-0. I remember him being one of the ones that was causing issues and kind of made Glenn Ray do his little dance move, jumping around everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think he was he was one of those players that just hate playing because he just dives all the time. He's tricky, but he died all the time. I'm just like, I just I can't stand playing against him. And then in their back line, they've got two 20-year-olds, which one of them yesterday, Mark, Mark Gway, who's on loan from Chelsea, had he struggled, struggled big time. So I'm thinking if we they're already a little bit put off after the poor performance against Blackburn, we've had a whole week to prepare for it. Nathan's yeah. probably been watching, watching how. Uh, poorly they played so I think this is a game that we could really go and attack and with yeah just with that rest I think that's going to give us the edge maybe not yeah. to win but to, to actually put up a really good performance and again dent their yeah. promotion chase I think I think what I'd love to see if, if their centre-backs are looking a bit dodgy I'd love to see Colo and Adebayo up front together I think that'd be sick I think I think we could do something really good there if you know, capitalize on on teams that are weak at the back. If we play, you know, an experienced striker and a uh, and a young, hungry striker, I, I think teams would would struggle to uh to uh, play against them. But I, I can't see us experimenting too much because 
we need we need results rather than experiments yeah leave that to sort of when when safety is hopefully secured hopefully we get sort of a run of maybe six games where we can start preparing for next season yeah exactly i think with you know we're only probably 10 points away from safety like being completely guaranteed so yeah well that sums up about everything we've got today oh i haven't done the score prediction yet steve never i haven't done your score prediction I forgot. No, it's been a bit of a messy one. I think yeah, we've been a bit dropped, exhausted and all that. Um, I'm, oh, I'm just gonna go for a cheeky two-one, two-one Luton. I think I'll go for, I'll go for a one-all. I think again. Are you are you to score a penalty in like the ninetieth minute? But we're two 0 up, so we give ourselves <laughs> a little bit of a squeaky bum time. But we uh we still win. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another penalty and converts it. But yeah, I'll. I'll go for a one-all. I think we'll play well, I think. Oh, yeah. you know what? I just remembered. It's 12.15 on Sky. Oh, no. Okay, yep. Three yeah. 3-0. Three-nil. Just done. Three-nil. 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 penalties. Yeah, I completely forgot about that until now. I can't, oh. I can't, I can't be bothered for it. That's, oh, a, that's put say. a downer on everything. That's put a downer on the whole episode. Thanks for that, Stephen. <laughs> God's sake. Oh well. Oh yeah. Cheers. Yeah, cheers for that, Stephen. I think that's a, a brilliant way to end the episode. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And I hope that you can enjoy this episode and try and forget about Stephen's comment there. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.